consumers will only pay so much for a pound of butter on shelf. So there is a point by which they'll walk away. And so that's really important that we balance that. How much are the costs coming through? How much is that compressing our margin? How much can we push to our retailers and customers? How much is that compressing their margin? How much can they pass on to the consumer before the consumer walks away? And so really, um, really delicate balance right now. There's just so much. It is more challenging today than ever. Tomorrow. It's never a guarantee unless we take care of today. We're a cooperative grounded in 100 years of forward thinking ever since our beginning in 1921. It's the pursuit of a reliable food supply, a sustainable future, and vibrant communities for all of us, rooted in the promise of a brighter future. This is Rooted in Tomorrow, the podcast by Land O'Lakes, Inc. I'm your host, Kim Olson. Join us for stories of innovators, changemakers, and the modern entrepreneurs who work the land. If you're in business, you might have a supplier. Let's say you make cars. Unless you also make the parts, another company will supply you with those parts to create the vehicle that goes zooming down the road. In some ways, that describes the relationship we have with farmers. Except as a cooperative, it's much more than a business transaction. Our biggest suppliers are the farm families who own us. We find a home for the milk our members produce each day. And in case you were wondering, cows don't have an off switch. It's a closeness we know consumers value too. Like with anything, challenges are inevitable. When it comes to the dairy foods business, everything from inflation to supply chain disruptions impact each step, from the farmer to consumers. It's also June Dairy Month, a time the industry celebrates its farmers and the work they do every day. So my guest today is Heather Anfang, Senior Vice President of U.S. Dairy Foods at Land O'Lakes. She's here to talk about how we're trying to meet the moment on behalf of our farmer owners. Hi. Good morning, Heather. How are you today? Good morning. Great to be here. I have to say we are uh, recording this at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning. Yes, and so, it's raining outside. Yeah, and it's raining and sad, and we're, we're going to have to bring some uh, energy and optimism here. Um, thank you for joining us. I wanted to just note that this is not your first time on the podcast. Right. It's my second. Yes. And last time was December 2020, which I couldn't believe I, I had folks go back and check it three or four times. I'm like, surely it was more recently than that. And I'm like, no, no, no. This was the last conversation. So, so much um, has happened in the, the time since we last talked. So, Let's let's just kind of start out with um, a little bit of background on you. You had our uh, U.S. dairy foods business. Yes. Um, and that includes, uh, why don't you give us just a sort of span of the business? Yeah. So um, that includes the retail and food service businesses within dairy foods. So everything that you know as a consumer that you buy at the grocery store 
And some of the things that you don't know, but that are used in restaurant kitchens and at schools that might not have our branding on them, but are uh, ingredients used in the recipes uh, and the menu items. Give me an example of that. Well, queso bravo, for example, is a uh, queso that we serve to a lot of different Mexican restaurants all throughout the Southeast. And so that's a big product for us. And so you might not know that that's Land Lakes, but when you're eating delicious queso <laughs> at a Mexican restaurant, that might very well be us. Awesome. Awesome. So um, tell me, if you look back to December 2020, a lot has changed in the world. A lot has changed for, for families. And um if you think about for you and for the dairy business, is there a single thing that's changed the most? Are there a few things? You know, it's um, been such interesting times. And so it just seems like everything is changing constantly. The rate of change, uh, the amount of change. Things have calmed down a bit since 2020 in some sense. And in another sense, there's continued supply chain supply chain disruptions that kind of catch us all the time. Um, more today that are our suppliers' supply chains, not our supply chain, but our suppliers' supply chain. So ingredient shortages, packaging shortages. And so there's a lot of real agility still going on today in dealing with the after facts um, or after effects of the pandemic. Yeah, really, a, really a domino effect. Yes, very much so. That we're seeing now. And uh, this isn't your your first year in the dairy business. You've, yes. Uh, you've been with Land O'Lakes for 22 years um, from a marketing uh, role right on up to the head of the business. Um, what's uh What's the reason I talk to a lot of people who have been at Land Lakes for a long time, and I'm always asking, what's the reason that you've stayed and decided to grow your career um, at the cooperative? Yeah, well, you know, personally, it's been a very terrific career for me. I've been able to grow and uh, expand my responsibilities over time. I've learned a lot. I've done a lot of different things over those years. Uh, it's great working uh, as part of the cooperative and really um, seeing that impact all the way from farmer to the grocery shelf and to the consumer and their kitchen table. Um, so that's exciting and just really great, smart, talented teams of people that support each other and do what's best for the business. And that has been a common thread throughout my career at Land O'Lakes. Yeah, a wonderful mix. That sounds great. So I have to ask, um, in the last two years, we've had all the challenges that we're starting to talk about. Uh, how does it rank in your 22-year career if you had to put a, is it the hardest year? Is it the most challenging year? Um, have there been other times that have been similar? Yeah, what would I, you say? Well, I think it has been the most challenging. Um, I actually think it's when we are at our best, though. Yeah. We are tremendous uh, problem solvers. And so that's what I always think when I work with my team. I never worry about what we're going to come up with, what the solution will be, because I know the team will come up with a great solution. Um, but there's just so much coming yeah. at us now. If I look back to when I was a junior marketer, yeah. it was just a lot easier, I think. It was the rate of change was not near what it is today. Not just the pandemic, but technology, how we communicate to consumers, 
the um, ability to stay on shelf at the grocery store. I mean, everything's just faster, faster, faster. And so it is more challenging today than ever. Faster and more complex. Yes. Would you say? I would say so. More factors playing in and not just the factors you control. We talked about the domino effect as well. But butter exploded the last uh, couple of years as people stayed home during the pandemic that, um, you know, that's great. But uh, does that mean easy business for you? Yeah, well, you know, it's um, it was really terrific for our business that people were home more and they were cooking more. Now, of course, that had different impact on the rest of the business. Our food service business has had yeah. to recover. Yeah. Um, so but but people in their kitchens were home more, they cooked more, they used butter more. We had a lot of new households that came into our franchise um, that were maybe introduced to Land O'Lakes uh, and have stayed with us. Were they so, were they not using butter before? They weren't cooking at home before? You know, so about 80% of the population buys butter. So most everyone buys butter um, and most everyone buys multiple brands of butter. So um, private label is a big part of the butter business. And so most everyone buys multiple things. So um, what happened in the pandemic is Land O'Lakes was able to get to shelf better than the competition. And we are the largest national player. And so we're the leader. We should be on the shelf better than everyone else. And we were. And so for some people, it was maybe the only option. Um, or for some people, they were in the grocery store more, so they were able to see that and pick that up. Um, but what happened is more people cooked, baked, baking for sure. Oh, I know yeah. in my ho- household, we we had to like put a moratorium on it. We cannot have oh, any more cookies in this us household. Too. Us too. But we were baking all the time. And so that when you're baking and cooking, butter makes a big difference. Yeah. And Land O'Lakes makes an even bigger difference. And once you figure that out and you learn that, then it's worth it. In the pandemic, we've got to, you know, we always talked about the cows don't care that we're working from home, right? So the cows milk every day. And the milk is counter seasonal to the demand of butter. So milk is... Most uh, most of the milk is coming in spring flush. Okay. And so there's a seasonality there. And what Whereas is spring flush for those of our, our listeners? Right. That that's know. when the cows are producing okay. uh, their highest milk level. Huh. And most of the demand for butter is in Q4, which is when we're home for the holidays and we're baking. And, uh, Makes sense. Right. So we have to prepare for that. And so in the pandemic, Having a lot of butter demand is great, but matching the supply to that and making sure that our workers in our factories were safe and that we were able to get the production through was very complex to manage. Yeah. Well, and I imagine that um, the consumer products in particular are getting a lot of focus right now because inflation is challenging. Yes. Um, challenging for all of, uh, for all Americans right now and, um, and around the world. So it's affecting people in some way. How does that affect your business? And 
what consumers pay at the grocery store. Can you just talk a little bit about inflation and how we're um, trying to deal with that? Yeah. So it's it's very challenging right now for and you, we see it as consumers, sure. right? I we were talking right before we came in. I have my kids home from college. My grocery yeah. bill is up significantly. Oh. Yeah. Um, which is not just that they're home, it's the amount that it costs yeah. at the grocery store. Um, but we see inflation really across the board. Of course, inflation is up at a 40-year high. We all see that in the news every day. $5 um, gallon gas. $5 gallon gas, first time ever. Um, the freight and logistics costs are up significantly versus maybe four or five years ago. Um, and then the commodity prices are up significantly. So just a pound of butter that trades on the Chicago Mercantile, the commodity butter trading, is probably double the price it was two years ago right now. And wow. so you think about that. that has to tr- we have to push costs forward to our customers. Customer, consumers will only pay so much for a pound of butter on shelf. Sure. Right? So there is a point by which they'll walk away. Sure. And so that's really important that we balance that. How much are the costs coming through? How much is that compressing our margin? How much can we push to our retailers and customers? How much is that compressing their margin? How much can they pass on to the uh. consumer before the consumer walks away? And so really, um, really delicate balance right now. And I'm sure those that are listening have seen high prices of butter in the marketplace. And that's that's real. Those costs are very real. I'd like to... Um, Ask the question uh, that is kind of on everyone's mind, I would say, is there's higher prices at the grocery store. So does that mean, um, you know, bigger profits for a cooperative like ours? Yeah, it's it doesn't because our cost inputs are higher as well. So we are in some cases we're able to pass along the pricing price increases. Um, In some cases, we're compressing margin. In some cases, there's a lag. The prices are are rising faster than we're able to price them in the marketplace. And so we have a catch-up period. Well, and as a cooperative, we have a responsibility to our our member owners as well. Everything um, always comes back to them. So can you talk a little bit how these current dynamics are affecting our member owners um, and how... um, how do we continue to support farm families? Because they're out there, you know, dealing with the realities of inflation for their families as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the good news right now is that the the price of milk is at a high level. Um, so just like we just talked about for the cooperative, for the member, does that mean that they have all this profit coming into their, you know, operation? Not exactly, because their costs of labor, wages, uh, feed, all of that is up to. So for all of us, it's like that break-even point level has just risen, right? It's just rising. So good that there's higher higher milk prices right now because that helps. Um, But it... it, uh, Farmers, just like the co-op, are managing all the higher cost inputs that are coming through. Do you think that uh, the cooperative puts the members in a better position? And why why do you think that is? Well, I think we could see in the pandemic that we were able to uh, move the milk uh, better 
than some others. And that's because of the diversity of our portfolio. We were able to take food service products and transition them into retail. We were able to uh, move things around like that. But also the most important thing for us is our largest input into our production of our products is the milk. And that's our most secure supply. That's what we have best line of sight to, best partnership with our members. And so that provides us a really strong point, uh, position point as we're in this very disrupted time. Yeah. Um, and because we have diversity of our portfolio across a number of products and a number of channels, we're able to make some shifts here and there. Not huge shifts, but we were able to take in the early days of the pandemic, milk that would have gone into a food service product and move it into a retail product. I remember that. Yes. I remember that. And that went right into the um, the cub food stores, right? That did. Um, And that is that is not easy to do. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what we did specifically? Yeah. So we took, we had milk that was going uh, to a co-packer that was producing products for our food service channel, specifically for K-12. Okay. And of course, the schools shut down, yeah. which was, I mean, we could have never Everywhere. foreseen, right? <laughs> so no schools. And so that milk needed to find a home. So we took that milk and we uh, produced it into five-pound bags of mozzarella, and we sold it through the retail channel. Kind of like I said earlier, we were making decisions in minutes that might have taken weeks or months. Moving a new product into (laughs) a new retailer that doesn't have it in its shelf set, that doesn't have the items set up, those are not easy things to do. So Cub was also moving very quickly with us as were our partners in producing this product, doing those types of things, getting new items set up, getting something new produced, getting it sold in, all of that takes time. Yeah. And so to do that as quickly as we did was just the pressure yeah. on the whole supply, the whole food system yeah. that worked across not just Land O'Lakes, but our partners upstream and downstream to make that happen. Sure. Um, but that is an example of something that we Land O'Lakes could do because of our breadth yeah. and because of our diversity of portfolio. And so that's what we always are thinking about. Yeah. How can we take the milk and make it into something value added yeah. that then that financial uh, gain comes back to the farmers in this lovely virtuous cycle that yes. we have as being the co-op. And so when we think about that and we have that as first and foremost of our mission, then we come up with creative solutions like we did. I would think that from an innovation perspective as well, it kind of puts us in a better position. Um, Do you think that uh, it affects the approach we take? Well, what we do from an innovation perspective is we really are what we call needs focused. What is the need of the marketplace and how can we produce products that meet that need? And so really we're looking at Um, we'll talk about a model that is called jobs to be done. And what what we mean by that is every product has a job to be done. So what is that job of that product? And if there's no job to be done of that product, then we might be able to get it on shelf and we might be able to get someone to buy it once, 
but we won't get them to buy it again and again. Sure. Because it has no value so in give there. me an example of a jobs to be done. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Well, I mean, so let's talk about this new product that we're launching, which is Butterballs. Mm-hmm. And this is a... I love this so much. I love these Butterballs. Makes and me I, want to bake just every day. I know. I just use them all the time. And so this is a small launch. It's in the Midwest. Um, yeah. But... So in the pandemic, people are in the kitchens and they're cooking all the time. And they're learning that cooking with butter is actually different. There's flavor, there's texture, there's functionality that actually really provides that oomph to the meal differently than if you don't use butter, right? So what's a more convenient way that I can even make it easier to cook with butter? And so we have these butter balls and... They're a half a tablespoon, I think. Um, I have to get my measurements right, but um, it doesn't—it doesn't really matter. Like you, you're making something. I, you know, I made chicken the other day. I throw in a couple butter balls, melts on the pan, easy. I don't have to get out a knife. I don't have to cut my stick. Yeah. Uh, no mess. Uh, beautiful simplicity, convenience. So what's that job to be done? It provides that wonderful flavor in a very convenient format easy to use. Well, tell me this. I know you have daughters yes. um, and uh, they're home. Um, it's June is National Dairy Month. Yes. So is the Amfing household having a neighborhood barbecue? Yes. Are, you, are we celebrating? Oh my gosh. So we, okay, because we're in Minnesota, yeah. right? Like summers are precious. Uh-huh. So both days, <laughs> right? Both days of summer in Minnesota are precious. And so, and we live in the greatest neighborhood of all time. So we are always having people over and neighborhood impromptu get-togethers and barbecues and cooking and grilling and and baking. So, um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and you're right, my girls are all home, and I love when my girls are all home. So we're all together. But, uh, but the celebration of National Dairy Month is yeah. it's a big deal because it's a time for us to stop and reflect on not only the wonderful goodness of dairy and all the products that it produces for all of us. Um, but it's a way for us to stop and thank our farmers. And, and you know, it's it's been interesting, I think, in this pandemic. We've all gotten a little bit more keen to understanding yeah. how, how's the food system set up? Yes. And, right? Of course, we know because we work in it. Sure. But other people have who don't work in it have gotten a lot more insight into wow, okay, see how connected this is and where does the food come from? And and um, a real shout out to our farmers who work every day to feed all of us. Um, and so it's important. And then, of course, dairy is just, what's not to like about dairy? Oh my gosh, nothing. <laughs> right? So having a month to celebrate it, we have lots of communication going on. We have uh, merchandising with our customers. Um, so it's exciting. One thing that is very important to our farmer members is sustainability. Most farms are still family-owned farms, over 90%. They want to pass their farms on to their uh, to their families and their children. And they're most concerned about um, sustainability and how to do that. Um, are you, from a dairy industry perspective, are you seeing that subject come up a lot? Are we... Um, are we thinking our members are kind of leading the way? Is the business leading the way? How are we addressing sustainability? Yeah, sustainability is really important. Um, and we're seeing it in lots of different ways, um, right? Consumers are talking about it. 
Uh, regulators are talking about it. Investment firms are talking about it, right? So it's becoming more a part of our discussion. And we as a dairy industry um, can do better at talking about it too. And all the work that we're doing. And Land O'Lakes is really a leader in this space. And it's amazing what our farmers are doing. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited about all of the opportunities and sustainability. And I just recognize the opportunity to talk about it in a way that resonates with consumers and brings them into the conversation and helps them see all the great work. Well, it's gonna play a huge part in our future. And I wanna kind of wrap with that question. How do you see broadly future of agriculture, future of dairy? Um, you've had such a, a long and storied career here. Yeah. Uh, crystal ball, what's, uh, what's next, do you think? Yeah, I, I'm just really excited about the future of agriculture. And I think the, you know, we're at a time where there's a big spotlight on mm-hmm. climate and sustainability and agriculture, you know, gets in that spotlight sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a not so good way. And, and yet there's so much, like we talked about technology, innovation, and the farmers are always reinventing. Yeah. It's just nobody knows that. Yeah. And so there's a spotlight today, Mm -hmm. right? And we have to, we have to take that spotlight as an opportunity to tell the story about the reinvention that continually goes on in agriculture. I mean, the way we do things today is very different than we did it generations ago and will be very different generations from now. Um, And I'm just very confident in the ability of the agriculture community to make that change. Well, I'm going to leave it right there. Thank you, Heather Anfang, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Great to be here. So if you like the content, give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Stories are important to us, and we know they are to you. So head to landalakesinc.com if you're looking for more. You might be surprised to see what we're capable of. Wherever you find your podcasts, that's where you'll find us. Rooted in Tomorrow is available everywhere, except maybe the metaverse. For now, download, subscribe, and leave us a review.